Hello and welcome to another episode of Down by the Creek. I'm Alvin Williams, the uh, one blessed with the task of guiding you folks through the chaos of Capeside. Last week, I was blessed to have Mr. Stephen Ray Morris on with one of the craziest episodes of the season. And this week, we got a bit of an amouche-bouche. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of a palate cleanser. The pace slowed down a bit. But for this show, a slowdown in pace is still some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. This was still some of the most absurd dialogue and scenarios and pacing I've ever seen in a show. Um, absolutely ridiculous. No lessons learned. Uh, bad habits reinforced, rewarded even. And uh, absolutely ridiculous show. But I love every minute of it and I can't wait to talk about it but I can't do that alone joining me this creek she is the gin to my Dawson the what is his name <laughs> the the, the Bodie to my Bessie please welcome Miss Sierra Fab. I don't have applause you just have to imagine that oh. the applause is here uh Sierra oh. thank you very much for joining me welcome to down by the creek I'm very glad to uh, discuss this absolutely insane show with you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, a little emotionally scarred from this episode a bit. I just, you know, yeah. was a lot of, of uh, emotional abuse and traumatic birth scenes and things oh, like yeah. that. And although I am a man and can never give birth, it uh, they really put you in the driver's seat in this episode. You really get an idea of what that's like. And I don't, I'm uh, a zoomed in view. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's 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 a lot, but you know we'll get there. Uh, um, thank you once again for joining me uh, here at Down by the Creek. This is a bit of a as you as you may know. I don't know if you listen or if you follow uh, at all, but um, what we like to do is we watch this ridiculous show, and we like to have a bit of a look back on the '90s and the early 2000s and what a time that was. Mm. And what I like to kick things off by asking people is. You know, um, so Dawson's Creek premiered on a Tuesday in 1998. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what a time that was. And so what would you, Sierra, be doing on a Tuesday in 1998 if you if you could take me through that? Hmm. 1998. So I am I'm eight years old. Yes. At the time. So what's that? Third grade? Third grade. Yes. OK. So I'm definitely jamming out to Backstreet Boys. Favorite Backstreet Boys song. Two-part question. Ugh. Backstreet or NSYNC? I believe I know the answer. but I, I mean, listen, definitely Backstreet. I love mm. NSYNC, sure. but definitely. Not as, not as much as Backstreet. No. Okay, Backstreet, favorite Backstreet yeah. song? Probably The Call. The Call. That I is, mean. It's a great song. It's, it's, it's thematic. So good. It's theatrical. It's, it's got drama. There's it skits. It has everything. There's skits in it. There's it's, skits. It's very 90s. That oh. is, the call is a great song. Favorite and a favorite. whole echoing part. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, honey. You know, that whole thing. Oh. oh, favorite Backstreet member. I mean, it's AJ. I, like it has to be. Well, fuck me, right? I'm sorry. Yes, AJ. Of course. Yes, obviously. Of course, the yeah. bad boy. The soul patch. What did oh. we have? What was it? Probably everything. A goatee. At some it was point. a goat. It was a goatee. He. I feel like he had the. What's this? A goatee. Yes. It, when it's lips, around. Lips. Corners of mouth. Chin. I think, that's, I think that's what I believe he had. It, I believe he had a goatee He was well. perfect. Yeah, so you're listening. Okay, so back to Sierra, eight-year-old Sierra. You're oh. listening to Backstreet. It's yeah. Tuesday morning. You know, you wake up. You're headed to school. Mm. You know, just what, what is, what's your day like? What are you putting on? Oh, okay. I was known for wearing a leotard tucked into a skirt. 
Oh, wow. Yes. And my one friend still makes fun of me for it. However, people actually dress like that now. Oh, everybody dresses like it's the 90s now. Yeah. yeah. It's it's come back around. And I like to tell her that I just was way ahead of the game. Were you a choker fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. The ones that are the black with the, with the, with the wet with the like little little spaces yeah. in between. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 definitely. And then Edgy. you had it also on your arm. Oh yeah. Oh wow, you were advanced. I didn't. Oh. I didn't see that much. Oh yeah, it was the choker mainly. I did know girls who would come with like almost not henna because they had no religious, but they would like use gel, like a gel, like oh, uh, like and then like make little tribal bands around their arms and stuff. I don't and gel. Remember that, like but glitter gel. I do. Oh, you glitter. Play, you didn't play around with glitter? Oh, I had every ounce of glitter I could on my face. Okay, yeah, understand. On my eyelids. Eyel- eyelids the yeah. rolly. Oh, God. I remember it used to, like, give your eyelids a rash. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. But yeah, beauty see, is it was pain, very simple. you know? It was very simple. Beauty's pain. Beauty, beauty is pain. I can't relate, though. Oh. I was a boy in the 90s, so all I wore was sweatsuits oh. and cargo pants. Wow. With, like, sweaters. And none of it, all of it was kind of just washed out. Nothing matched. No, no vibrant colors. It was very easy to dress as a boy in the nineties. Now wow. I take fashion very serious. But yes, in, you do. in the nineties, it was not a. It was like I am. I have on clothes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them as well. Like Many very layers. heavy. A lot of material. Thick shirt down to my knees. Oh yeah, you look absurd. You look really like a look like an absurd person. Oh yeah, and then. As a girl, I felt like you wore as little as possible. Yes. Like teeny, teeny little spaghetti strap shirts. But I remember sometimes like wearing two of them. Two spaghetti strap shirts? Yeah. Like I don't know if that was just me being weird or if that was actually a thing. But watching Dawson's Creek. Let us know. Let us know if you're there. There were a lot of layers. People wore a lot of layers. Polo shirt, long sleeve shirt underneath the polo shirt. Yeah, Yeah. All of it. All of it. And then lots of layers of the glitter. Yeah, yeah. Crazy times. And then we also used to put streaks, basically a tube of mascara, but it was like for your hair. To give yourself highlights? to give yourself streaks of a color. color. Got it. And I remember- They had a machine. I remember the commercials. I didn't, I'm a boy and I didn't have any hair, but I remember they had, they used to, you know, um, promote- uh, like technology. I don't know if that's the word. <laughs> hair machine. I don't hair machinery. Uh-huh. Hair machinery. They'd have hair machinery where you like almost like Products. a like you crimp it like like a like a uh, flat iron. Yeah. But then you would take a piece of st- a hair and you squeeze it and come down. Oh. And, then, and, then, and then and now it's colored. I guess that yeah. was for like more uh, well to do folks. Yeah. And then other folks we had didn't to have do, that. Do, do it by hand. We did it by hand. It was basically like tubes. It really looked like mascara. And I remember at, at our sleepovers and stuff. Girls would be like, I have, I brought purple or they'd be like, I brought pink, blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, I want copper. Copper? I know. I was just too, I was just too cool. I was too advanced. Anyways. I was too mature. Anyway, so now it's, (laughs) now it's nighttime. Um, What are you watching? Do you, uh, I know you personally, but I'd like for people to hear your story as far as like, you didn't watch anything that. A normal kid was watching in nineteen. No, I mean, I mean TGI Friday, TGIF. I mean, but it's a Tuesday. Sabrina, the, so yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, on, like, I I know what but was on Tuesday. I couldn't tell you. All, I mean, uh, on Tuesdays, Dawson's Creek was on. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, was I never on. saw it. Uh, maybe maybe King of the Hill might have come on. Mm. Might, might, might not have been on yet. But my point is, like, that's my whole point is that you don't know what was on television. I would just at watch prime time at any given time. I'd watched movies. Okay, all so the it's time. a Tuesday in 1998. What movie are you popping into? Definitely the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Jesus. No, 
You know I am. Yes, but you know that's like the darkest of the Disney movies. But it's my favorite. I still watch it all the time. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm very aware it's of that. So it's, it's so good. Really, it's so dark and depressing it's really and scary. It's, it, it's scary. It is. It is a scary cartoon. But it was my favorite from a very young age. So dark. But second place. Why weren't you watching like Smart House or something? You didn't You didn't burn the, the VHSs of Disney Channel original movies onto VHSs? Not that I were maybe actually maybe. But you but, chose to watch Hunchback. I'm sure you had oh. other cart. I'm sure you had, you know, Rugrats or something. Some you chose no. to watch Hunchback no. of Notre Dame. Oh yeah, I mean like that was your go-to. Nothing's changed. I know that. It's so good. The soundtrack's incredible. So it's definitely Hunchback of Notre Dame was number one, and then after that, Pocahontas for sure. Yes, it really for is. Sure. It really is. It's. Nothing's I would much changed. rather you be obsessed with Pocahontas than Hunchback. Well, I am. It doesn't affect us in our everyday life. I had to talk you out of us buying that house that is like a part bell tower. I don't want uh, to have a bell tower. I don't understand why I couldn't have that bell tower. It's perfectly I don't normal. even know if it's like regular. I don't even know how the regulations work as it, far as having a bell tower. I don't know. I don't want people coming to it pray It was an old church and we could have had it be our house. It's an old church. And as somebody who believes in ghosts, you don't find any problem with living in an old church. I just feel better with knowing, a working bell. knowing that Quasimodo, his energy would be with me. That makes me feel protected against the ghosts and stuff. I don't really have an argument against that. That's a that's like a really insane thing that you just said. So I'm going to move forward. Anyway, um, thank you for shedding some light on young Sierra, the hidden goth uh, <laughs> of 1998. Uh, we will jump into the show. So here's a little episode summary for episode six, baby. Okay. <clears throat> so as Bessie goes into labor at the Leary household, Joey turns to Dawson for solace when her sister's anguish floods her with, a, with memories of her mother's death. Jen must put aside her religious differences with Grams, who must overcome her own racial judgments when they are when they are the only ones available to deliver the baby. Meanwhile, when rumors of Pacey's closeness with Miss Jacobs begin to spread, the school board calls for an emergency meeting to decide her fate. Sound about right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get into it. Uh, we open up on Joey and uh, Dawson hanging out in bed, as per usual. They're constantly hanging yeah. out, watching movies. They're finishing up a movie. And the energy is just a little off tonight. Yeah. Joey gets up. She's like, I have to go help my sister. I need to go. She seems pissed. She seems uh, pissed is a strong word. She definitely seems disinterested and bothered, though. Yeah. Bothered. Something something's off. But uh, pissed feels strong because we don't know why she would be pissed. But we just feel something's, something's off. Something's odd. Something's off in the air. Dawson's like, what the hell? What's going on? It's movie night. We only watched one movie, which is like maybe I'm um, spoiled because I watch movies with you. And it's a it's a blessing to watch one to watch one movie on movie night. Yeah, I don't. It's he had like four or five tapes I, in front of him. It's usually my idea, and then I don't even make it through one with great enthusiasm. Oh yeah, it's like it's like, hey, do you you want to watch a movie tonight? And it's like, yeah, sure. And then w- within forty five minutes, yeah, you know, on a good night, yeah, I I begin to see the glaze. Oh yeah, where I'm like, you missed that whole scene. But oh, you're yeah. a fighter. You are a fighter. I do. I where do go, fight like, through it the best I can, or I pretend I'm awake. You're like, that's crazy. I can't believe she said that. I'm like, they're <laughs> they're just eating dinner. They're just eating dinner. You don't know how to get. You just guess the tone, and you're never right. Okay. Well, like, oh my I god, fell that's asleep so, last night. Oh my god, in, that's so sad. You're like, this is. There's nothing sad about this movie. I fell asleep it's last dumb and night dumber. when we were watching that that show. Did you know? You, on Ronan versus Pharaoh. Yeah. 
You I didn't, didn't know, did I you? I didn't know because- I didn't think you knew. Because we were just sitting in silence because it's such a somber, depressing At show. At one point, you were like- It's actually an easy, really, show to play your game on. You just don't have to say anything. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's really affecting you like it's affecting me, huh? I, Speechless. Yeah, but I, I asleep. was asleep. <laughs> and I really, after I got up and brushed my teeth and went to actual bed, I thought to myself, I think, I think I tricked him this time. You did trick me because I was absolutely cry- quiet because I was like crying to myself. Because it's so sad. And I was like, she, it must be really hurting. Her I just too. remember at one point you were like, that is heartbreaking. And I woke up yeah. and I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, I didn't hear any of that. Yeah. All, all I heard was, yeah. And then you touched my knee. And I was like, oh, she must really, she must know that I'm going through an emotional thing over here. No, but I was, you were just trying to pretend like you were I was like just trying awake. to trick you. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Because <laughs> it yeah. was my idea well, well, to watch hey. the show. <laughs> hey, well played. Well played. You got me. You tricked me. But that is like the only time. Only time what? Where I've gotten you. Oh yeah, no. Every other time, I just I'm like, well, we'll just we'll just come back to this. Yeah. I don't like to watch a show or a movie with somebody, especially when it was their idea. Yeah. And then they fall asleep, and then I keep watching while they're right there. Yeah. And then I don't. One, it brings me back to memories of like having to explain stuff to people, which is something I really don't like to do. Oh. And or I feel like, well, if we started watching this together, we might as well just stop, and we'll just watch it when you're awake, so right. you can finish watching it. You know, I mean, it's, if it's not good, I'll usually watch it. Like Wonder Woman 1984, I just watched it. Yeah. You fell asleep. I was like, you don't need to. I'm never going to watch this. I'm never going to watch this again. So I'm just going to knock this out now Mm -hmm. and then don't have, don't worry about it. But Dawson had like five movies. Yeah, it was, it it was, he was in for the long haul. He's like, oh, we're only, we only watch one movie. You're going to leave. Yeah. It's like, how many were you going to watch? We've only watched one Hitchcock film. We have to go through his entire anthology. And she's like. I'm really not feeling this. I got to go. And we don't know why. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans and Jen's there. This is no solution, Joey. If we both stay, we're going to be stuck in the same uncomfortable position we've been in all night. All right, so let me get this straight. Movie night has been reduced to the following. You can't stay if she leaves because your grandmother wouldn't permit it. And you can't stay if she stays because it's awkward. Yeah. And you can't stay if she leaves because you feel like you've driven her away. And you can't stay if she's here because it ruins movie night for you. Well put. And since this is my house and we assume that I can't go anywhere, according to my calculations, it only leaves one option. Night, Dawson. Wait a minute. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't stay up too late. There's this scenario, and this is scenario A, and this is scenario B, so that gives me the conclusion that I'm here alone. Gret's a great Dawson. It's just... It's a fantastic Dawson. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. But he just... Everything he says He's just so so pretentious. It's so fucking, like, long... everything everything like everything like just just say it he's like and since i live here and i can't leave i only have left myself to only come to one final conclusion which is that i get nothing and i loved it you get nothing dawson yeah and then they're like bye dawson yes and And where does jen leave jen walks out of the door like a like a normal functioning human being and joey walks out of the window which this this actually is great this is actually this is this is a great reveal which is that there's no other reason that Joey goes out the window other than she's a weirdo. It's not like, oh, it's late. My parents are home. I don't want to. I don't want you to wake them up. Oh, you're not supposed to be in here. No, no, no. People can walk through the front door freely. It's like their little thing. Yeah. that's what it is. Says so it's like, like stemmed from when this they were kids. This is my interest. Yeah, this is yeah. Joe. This is this Joey's. Is Joey's, this is Joey's interest. So after the credits and some shots of Cape Side, we are now at the Potter residence where Joey and Bessie are bumping hormonal heads, which, I mean, I mean, prayers to my boy Bodie. Oh. He's got a teenage girl 
and a pregnant girlfriend in the same house. Oh. Eggshells. Don't say anything. Oh, Joey, I like your hair like that. What do you mean you like it like this? You didn't like it before? Bless oh, hey, him. Bessie, you look good in that dress. In that dress. This is from the pregnant section. Do you think I look fat? Like it's like Bodie, don't say anything. Bodie, just, just keep your Bodie, you just you, you Bodie, just you keep nod. your Bodie, you keep your fucking mouth shut, man. You just nod and you just smile and Bodie, you just shut the fuck up, Bodie. You just make delicious food, Bodie. Hey, hey, Bodie? Bodie, hey, why don't you shut the fuck up, man? <laughs> poor Bodie. Yeah, poor Bodie indeed. Bless him. Didn't realize how tall he was. Yeah, man. Shout out to, well, yeah. Shout I out, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Obi and Defo, man. Sh- yeah. Yeah, wow, man. Still reeling from that. Crazy I know. News. That was crazy. Insane. Uh, anyway, ba- yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the show. So this is actually, a, this is a monumental reveal for this episode. Uh-huh. Maybe I've been following along improperly and I just didn't catch this, but it is revealed during this scene that Bodie has an interview at a French restaurant at the town over or the next Yeah, county. like the other side of the county they keep calling it. Yeah, so I was under the impression since the first episode that Bodie and Bessie own the ice house. Well, I thought so too cuz you don't see anyone else working. I there. mean, every every guest I've had on that where the ice house has come up, I've told them that that's what they do. I don't know why You've everybody You've been think, lying? I've been misinformed. You've been fibbing? I've been led astray by by my own ability to understand a television show Got i guess I, maybe it. i didn't see those context clues I, I i don't know if they already have inferred to this but we've seen so many episodes where they are the only people managing this restaurant we've heard nothing of a manager or a boss or somebody that they report to joey also works there so it feels weird that just the whole family works at this restaurant and it feels like there's nobody else working there so you would think they owned it mm-hmm. and like they could just own it and it not be doing well and that would still play into them being poor. Yeah. But instead, it's like, no, they all just happen to work at the same restaurant. And uh, Bodie's the sh- the head, sh- head chef. The chef, I guess. I think he might be the like chef. Bodie's the chef and Bessie's. I think Bessie's a manager. And Joey's a food and runner. Joey's or a hostess. A, 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 a waitress. A waitress. Yeah, a waitress. Sorry. She's a waitress. Yeah. So that was a big reveal to me. I was very much under the impression that they owned the Ice House. Yeah. It was one of the reasons that I was so offended that they treat them like poor trash. Right. Like they own a seafood restaurant. Yeah. But they Although don't. owning a restaurant is not always lucrative. I understand it not being ru- lucrative, but they treat them like they own nothing. Right. Like they're tr- like they're scum. Well, or that's how they that's how Joey tells us that they treat them. How's Bodie going to do that commute every day? Yeah, it's a long, job. it's, well, they'd have to move, I would assume. He gets that job. Maybe that happens in the oh. future. I don't know. I only watch episode by episode. Oh. Maybe they have to pack up and leave drama. Maybe that's when Dawson reveals to Joey, hey, I love you. Don't leave. I'm going to dump Jen for you. And then she does end up leaving because she has to leave. But then she doesn't leave. She ends up moving in with Jen and Grams. And Jen and Dawson break up. And then Joey and Dawson start dating. But then Jen and Joey live together under Grams' roof. And then that's no, some new, uh, um, conflict for season two you're dating my ex-boyfriend and we are also roommates boom i don't know did i just crack the case don't know i'm gonna move on i don't know about all that but that sounds like a good spinoff at the very least oh i feel like most of the ideas i come up with when i'm watching the show are way better than what i'm actually watching Hmm. but you know i'm not gonna not gonna shit on the show more you know it's it's a it's a great show i love the show anyway so we cut from there to jen's room where jen's puritanical fucking insane grandmother grams is looking at her bra as if wearing bra. She's like, "Oh, I thought it was a thong." No, it was. It looked like a bralette. I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a thong. I don't think it was a. Th- you would know better than me. I don't know. I don't wear thongs anymore, but you would know better than me. 
Uh, it looked like a it looked like a bra to me, maybe a bralette, but uh, she was disgusted by it. Even if it even if it was a thong, the way she I was like, can girls not wear underwear? Like I don't. It, yeah. it wasn't like this. It wasn't like a hot pink. It was a black piece of underwear. It was like black, and I feel like it was lacy. So it was a little bit racy. Well, she's racist, so I don't and think she-, she should be looking at people with judgmental eyes. But I guess that's exactly what a racist person does. Anyway, she looks at the calendar. She's like, ugh, the silhouette of a nude man. What in heaven's name is this? It's a calendar, Grams. It's a filthy calendar. No, it's an art calendar. And before you get apoplectic on me, these photographs happen to be hanging in some of the world's finest art galleries. I don't care who's hanging them. In my house, we don't ogle naked men. No, we pray to them, right? Don't you dare compare the two. Oh, my Lord, Jennifer, what has happened to you? To the little girl I used to know, who, who I took to Sunday school when she would come visit me each summer, and who once showed respect for the church and its teachings. Well, she's carefully considered all possible scenarios detailing a godlike source, and she's found them unconvincing. And while she respects those who choose to believe in a higher being, she herself does not. I, simply put, Graham, she grew up. Perhaps. Perhaps she just thinks she did. Everybody in this show has such fully constructed opinions and thoughts. Yeah. And it's just so unrealistic. That Except if, Pacey. Except Pacey's the and only person why, who's in high school. And Pacey still says his vocabulary sometimes is still too advanced. But it, it's, as, it's as advanced as like the smart kid on a normal high school show. Like he, Except everyone is supposed to think he's a dumb fuck up. Exactly. He's, like, he's, he's like, he's like, he's above like above average. Yeah. He's above average intelligence for a normal high school TV show. Right. But everybody else in this show it has a doctorate. And like Jen, okay, I I love Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams but is great. can't stand Jen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I have this. You I, know. I get that. I don't like Jen for the reasons that the show is doing. And I also just feel like at this point, we're six episodes in. That's just her character at this point. Maybe she's, I'll grow to like she's her. Like, she's like pretentious. She's snarky. She's yeah. kind of dull, but also arrogant. I just, I, there's I a lot know. of stuff I don't. I don't particularly like about Jen, but also she does have trauma within her as a character. And Michelle Williams is such a thespian. Yes. Which we now hindsight, we now know this. Yes. But who knows what context they are giving her within the script that we don't know has come yet. That would explain why her character is the way that she is. Well, I hope. So we don't know. Also, she's from New York, oh. which is a big thing in the 90s that like people from New York are cool and with well, it and progressive. And so she is that. But it comes across like a dill hole. Yeah. She's like an arrogant hipster fuck. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I do. She's like Daria. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a lot. I, I do love Michelle though, but Jen gets on my, my nerves. But I remember Polly in your episode number two Uh said that we get a lot more insight about Jen later. I would, yeah, I would assume we already have started to get to, we know she was, she was sexualized very young. I think that they, the, the, the script writer or whoever, Kevin Williamson or somebody didn't want to fully say she was, you know, sexually assaulted, but she basically alluded to that. She lost her virginity at age. She wasn't ready for to somebody older. So she has a lot of, that's why she's in this town. She was living this very fast paced life. She smoked cigarettes. But why she is she so disrespectful to her grandmother? Well, because her grandmother is the antithesis of everything she believes. She's an atheist. So this woman pushes religious on her const, religion on her constantly, puts Bibles in her drawers. She looks down on her. She doesn't like the decisions that she makes. She judges her friends. I understand her being an angsty teen, but you know, 
she's now not only an angsty teen, she's now put up against the cut that damn music off in, mm-hmm. in like personified. Like she's the personification of you damn teens. So I understand them butting heads, but it, it's a lot. It's because a lot. it's not just like her being like, oh, I hate you. She's like, Graham, you're being very, uh, <laughs> what did she say? Anth- you're being very antithetical to, you know, it's like she just, just says all she's words. Up. It's like no teenage girl talks to their no. She'd talks be like, to the grandma. Pro- you're being a bad. Exactly. Like nobody talks to the like opposition this way. Like nobody yeah. talks to their mom. This way. nobody that's 15, no 15 year old girl talks t- to their mom this way. You know, it's a great example of somebody talking to their mom and it's very realistic. Freaky Friday. Whether it's the Freaky Friday from the mm. 70s or the Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis Freaky Friday. That is like, that's the, that, that is what, that is the same relationship as Grams and Jen. Yeah. But like how it's supposed to be. Lindsay like, Lohan's character's in a band. She has streaks in her hair. She wears plaid pants like she's fucking in fucking uh, the Sex Pistols. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like this lawyer. She's straight edge, turn the music down. And so they butt heads. But in this show, it's all weird because Je- Grams isn't just like straight edge. She's like a Protestant. Like she burns witches. Yeah. And Jen is like not just a like a cool teen. She's like an asshole who thinks she's cool. Yeah. Which is a difference. She does. She's not cool. She thinks she's cool. Right. And that's the difference. But like even though Grams isn't my favorite kind of lady. I would think that Jen would at least be respectful towards her because not she's not just her. It's not like it's her mom. No, she's the only person she has left. And and not only that, but everybody else has turned their back on her. Her parents shipped her out of town. Exactly. Plus, if she kicks her out, I don't know where Jen goes. Grandpa's just sleeping. Grandpa isn't even mentioned in this episode. I I think he. I'm assuming he eventually is killed off, or they just pretend like he never existed. I don't. I would bet money that they just stop talking about him altogether at some point, and then never even kill him off or anything. He's so unimportant to the show. Uh. So anyway, now at school, Pacey is talking to Miss Jacobs on this school campus. This school is huge, by the way. I Mm. mean, some of the they have different buildings and. Looks like Wings. a, looks it looks like like a co- college. It looks like a college campus. Or like a community college. No. No? It looks like a university. Oh, okay. It doesn't... I mean, they have a... My community college that I went to didn't have a Cape fucking... Side. Didn't have a fucking campus. Hmm. Where, like, you see people throwing frisbee and laying out on the grass and... This did, looks like a university. It looks did, like fucking Penn State. Did we figure out where this is? Is it Connecticut? It's in, Mas- it's in Massachusetts. Oh. It's in, like, upstate or coastal Massachusetts. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said... Uh, we're now at the school. Pacey's outside in front of Mrs. Mrs. Jacobs' car, Miss Jacobs' car, talking to her about taking her out on the town on a date. It's it's like it's like him and Tamara robbed a bank together, and Pacey's like, "We need to. We should be going out. Let's go buy some Corvettes. Let's go buy some Ferraris. Right. Let's let's go have shrimp dinners. Show and it off." Tamara's like, "Hey man, we have to wait. We have to liquidate the money. She has a whole plan. Yeah, which is." terrifying as well oh, yeah. because she's, a, she's an she's an abuser but she's like hey man no we can't do that we got to liquidate the money we got to find a, a shell corporation so that we can slowly he's like no 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 i want the world to see how lavish i can live yeah you know it's really he's living in this delusional fake reality where he's ha- he has a girlfriend and like hey why do we always spend every day every night indoors let's go out have some fun we're so boring because you're 15 bro yes he doesn't you're 15 he doesn't understand that that would ruin her life, which is so funny based on what this episode is that, yeah. that before the next scene, uh, 
he's he's like, I don't know why we have to be such a secret. Like, let's go out and have a good time. Not and and not immediately wise. he's then he's then shown why that could never happen. No, he's then immediately shown why that could never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Miss Jacobs, she says no, but not really. Mm-hmm. You know, she 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 lets him down in this gentle way. She's like, I don't know, but then she like goes, yeah, she like, like gives him hope she, like, instead flirts of flirts with her eyes. Yeah, that's one of the biggest problems that I have with with the character of Tamara Jacobs is that they. They clearly had no intention on having any kind of like a moral lesson or anything come to play with this. They only wanted the salacious drama. But if they could have, if they would have made her more predatory, where it's like, hey, Pacey, listen, if she would have said to him, which is a line at the end of the show where he, she goes, you knew this would come to an end at some point. He's like, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. If she would have made that a thing where it's like, hey, listen, like this is purely physical. I you know, I like your body <laughs> or whatever. Gro- it would have been a gross line, but it would have, as an audience, as a somebody watching, I would have gone, oh, she is just an abuser. Yeah. But instead they have this like romantic relationship, this this companionship, as and as opposed to him thinking it's one thing, but her constantly making it clear like, hey man, listen, I'm married. Like there should have been some, some plot device that, made this to where it was clear she's something's wrong with her. Mm. She's going through a divorce. She she she's married, but this was just this crazy fling so they could never be at her house. Her husband is constantly close to finding out what's happening. Something. 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 And there's never anything. It ex- was just so immediate. Like she like flirted with him instantly in the video shop. Yes. Episode 1. And the rest was in the, in the rest is history and now we find ourselves here. Mm. Anyway, so after that attempted uh talking her into going out and ruining her life which she turns down gently but not really turns down uh dawson and pacey meet up in the boys bathroom also i want to say normalize boys bathroom buddies okay (laughs) i think that there's nothing wrong with two guys on a double date going like hey bro i gotta go drain the weasel you want to join Hmm. You know, yeah. the same way girls are like, I got to go powder my nose. Go for it. You go, you talk. My my point is that I'm willing to step out and break the stigma and take the eyebrow raises from you and who, whatever guy, a uh, friend we're out on a date with and his significant other eyebrow raises at me when I go, hey, bro, do you want to go to the bathroom together? I know how that sounds. I I'm saying you. it shouldn't sound weird. Guys need buddies in the bathroom as well. I like to talk about things. I support you. What if I'm? What if we're on a double date before I, before we met each other? Me and my friends will go out on dates with girls all the time. Double dates. What if I need to? Fi- we need to come up with signals and things to go. Let me. know. How do you think this is going? Yeah, we need to be able to go. To the, but if I go, hey man, I'm going to the bathroom. Come, come, come with. I, well, I pray vous. I think the, <laughs> I think the reason that it's it seems odd is because. You assume you guys are going to go pee and I haven't really been in a men's bathroom in a long time to really get how close the urinals are to each other. Uh-huh. But like you guys are like literally peeing together. So that's sometimes a, whereas girls are like sometimes oh, we have to go in a stall. So it's a little bit more separate, but you can still like talk while you're in the sometimes but you and- we're pooping. Okay. So, so it's want, not always peeing. Do you want Fran to go with you when you're pooping? It, I'm not saying I do or don't. I'm just saying it shouldn't be so. I don't think so, he would want to go. It shouldn't be so taboo is my point. I 
agree. Well, he wouldn't want to go or anybody, a metaphorical, a hypothetical person wouldn't want to go because of how it looks, the implication of it. That's the only thing stopping men from being true bathroom buddies. It's the only thing holding us back as a society, and I think it's wrong, and that's all I'm saying. I want to break the stigma and normalize, make boys go to the bathroom together again. I like Hashtag. it. Hashtag. I like it. I actually really support that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Equality. Anyway, yes, exactly. Anyway, so Pacey uh, is is uh, griping about Tamara as he does a casual check underneath the stall. He's like casually, but he's checking and talking. So if somebody was in three stalls ahead of the ones he's he's checking, he's like, yeah, so I was totally banging Tamara last night. Yep, nobody under there. And she was totally like, oh, my God, Pacey, you're the best. Nope, nobody under that stall. And then I was like, yeah, babe, you know it sticky and up oh, nobody under that sticky yeah anyway so uh um where what did she call him that or i don't know i, I don't know what they're doing i, I don't what know did, where did why did you say that that's their business i don't i'm just i'm just re, i'm just going off of what i heard in, in, the, in the scene he said sticky well, maybe he did maybe he didn't let's not i get, think let's you not get brought stuck on that things. in there okay semantics okay. anyway so he checks all the stalls and he thinks there's nothing to be seen he's like yeah <laughs> anyway man totally wish he would uh, we could take this whole thing out of the bedroom if you know what i mean <laughs> and dawson's like yeah man that's you're so awesome dawson's and, like you need to be careful bro yeah which i don't know if that was an allusion to like wrapping it up protection or what but he's like hey man you need to be careful and they walk out of the bathroom stall, cut back, reveal there's some stoner standing on the stools. He's like, what? He's standing on the toilet so you couldn't see his feet. Yeah. And if you would have done a more thorough check before gabbing your mouth off, you wouldn't be in the situation that you find yourself in. Anyway, from there, they leave and uh, Dawson catches up with Jen walking on, again. A campus. I, I mean, where are they walking to? Building C? I guess. You know? the the. the and don't they talk about how Cape Side's small? Ex oh, I'll get to it. It's I, a I small have a, town. I have a whole thing about there being one ambulance in this town, and we'll get there from oh. there. If you look at this massive campus with all these kids and you go, okay, so if a, if a fire broke out or there was an event, there's only one ambulance in this town for this school of 15,000 children? Dawson reveals to Jen, Mitch and, Mitch and uh, Gail, out of town, you know, because of Bob Gate. So I got the house to myself for the weekend. Oh, he they're, did they're say on, that? They're at a couple. He's, he revealed that they were at a couple's retreat. So he has the house to himself. Um, and Jen's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. But anyway, uh, did you hear about uh, Pacey and Miss Jacobs? That's nice and everything. But nice. Okay. I was hoping for something a little bit more illicit than okay, that. Okay, listen. There's this kind of weird Pacey rumor going around school. Have you heard this? What, that he finally handed a homework assignment in on time? Uh, not exactly, and it's not just about Pacey. It also involves Miss Jacobs. Also, at the at the end of that conversation between Jen and Dawson is one of my, this is almost my line of the creek, but then I actually ran into one that's way better and crazier. But I like when Dawson goes, Wait, Dawson, is it true? Uh, Dawson. I can never lie to you. I told you that before. So do me a favor. Pretend you never asked me that question. Again. It's just such a long-winded way to say yes. Hey, Dawson, is Pacey, is the rumor about Pacey true? I can't tell you yes, so don't ask me anymore. Yeah. You just told her yes, man. Just say yeah. Just, just say yeah. It doesn't have to be so poetic. You know? But I can just see Kevin Williamson and the script and the, the script writers just being like, what's the most like? hand jobby way to really draw this out it's it's everything everything is like that in this show yes 
and it's the running joke, so I try not to lean on it too much because it's like the thing of the show that like, oh, the dialogue. But like, yeah, man, the dialogue. This shit is insane. Yeah. It's, it's so long winded. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. And he's so dramatic <laughs> when he doesn't even have, doesn't to be. have to be. Well, then what? what's life about if it's not about drama? Oh, God. You know, there has to be. What's the id? You know, like, what is the, what's my purpose as the character? But he's saying that to himself in a, in real life. Even though we're watching a show, that's how he talks to himself. Like, who is Dawson? What is Dawson's motivation? Isn't it's, it weird that our future, uh, our future baby number one name for a while was Dawson until we, we started watching this show? This true. I would never name my child Dawson. I know. Though. That's one thing this podcast has done for me. I know. <laughs> No, I hate, I hate, I don't want to know anybody named I Dawson. I hate Dawson. I would never name a child Dawson. I hate it. I know. Yeah, no, that's very true. After Joey comes up and reveals to everybody in, you know, in the, the foursome that, hey, man, Pacey, I don't know if you heard, but there's some shit going on. Pacey now realizes shit is going down. There's a rumor it's spinning out of control. Him and Dawson convene in the janitor's office or a broom closet or something where are they right yeah like, i don't know some kind of that? like small office little in a lab this school is so big that they have unused offices like this is this is definitely it's definitely like either a janitor's office or like a film room like for developing photos like they have one a right. bl- like there's a black room a black room in there somewhere. and like them just being in there like just being like hey let's go to this empty something's empty- up yeah like let's go cut off into this class and i don't know your teenagers kid you might just think of anything you know they're in there talking about what i don't know but with everything going on yeah yeah i could yeah 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 i could see that looking weird they don't give a shit about stuff like that though no but they'd be like they'd be like oh he's clearly guilty they're in there talking about shit no they definitely no if this is the 90s every they're definitely like they're gay like that that that's what's happening while this rumor's going on about him and miss jacobs are you accusing teenagers of being smart there could i mean be three there could be, show, there could be there could be several rumors going around in this about show at one they're time. geniuses that's very true so point, you know you yeah. know what you know what point taken i'm gonna take that point and put it in my front pocket thank you i appreciate that okay so anyway uh dawson they're 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 strategizing in this janitor's office and dawson gives him some actually some decent advice he's like Hey, man, listen, uh, they don't know that it's true. So if you show them on your face that it's true, uh, they're going to know it's true. So act like it's not true. Yeah. I'm Dawson Leary. So, uh, you know, after psyching Pacey up, he sends Dawson, he sends Pacey out into the halls. Pacey tries it. He's walking down the hallway to uh, Insecurities by Andrew Dorff. And it just doesn't work at all. No. he Actually, he looks like he's happy that... Everybody found out that he fucked Miss Jacobs. Yeah. He's, he's like, like walking yeah, down the hallway, like, huh, yeah, am I right? Like he's walking down with a smile. Yeah. He, it, he he doesn't look subtle at all. He should just be walking around like he has no idea what they're talking about. Exactly. And instead, he's like, oh yeah, what's or up? Or he guys? should be like, what are you? You guys seriously think that's yeah. true? It's like, no, that's crazy. Right. You all know that uh, Johnny Flimscalian is a fucking pothead. Like you know, they should have. <laughs> he should have like shit on whoever person he heard spread the rumor. Yeah. Shit on his character. Right. Like I heard that kid sniffs uh, air, uh, a computer cleaner. Yeah. That kid's a loser. That's that's the strategy I would have taken. Yeah. But I'm a little more vindictive. Oh. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Put that yeah. in my front pocket. Yeah. Like hmm. you know his you know his mom is like uh left them. Like I just start I'd make up rumors about him to why they, he's lashing out on me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Totally. Wow. Totally, yeah. Sounds like you were a bit of a bully undercover. Mm. Anyway, cut to the classroom. And in, an, in a hilarious irony, Miss Jacobs is discussing Romeo and Juliet and the themes of forbidden fruit, which has all the boys in the class ooing and eyeing and making jokes. Mm. Hey, man, settle a bed. Real or silicone? Keep up the running commentary, Mr. Twitchell, and I'll see you after class. You promise? <laughs> all right, settle down. After a few of those jokes, Miss Jacobs catches on that, like, Something's going on. Yeah. And she looks right at Pacey and She now. doesn't hide it well either. No. She should be like, she every both her and Pacey should be like, what? They should they should both be like, what are you guys talking about? These are crazy. Yeah, instead they're both like, I'm gonna look directly at Pacey, mad at him. And as if and, how dare you tell. And I, and Pacey's like, I'm gonna look like this is so awesome that you guys know. Yeah. It's like you guys aren't coy at all. There's nothing coy about you. Right. Anyway, after a long, rough day at school, Joey finds Pacey sulking on a bench. And they really paint Capeside in this way that I just have not seen yet six episodes in. Yeah. The only people that seem, everybody seems nonplussed by any of these things that they're always like, everybody super cares about. Grams is like, I'm just trying to protect you guys from the world. I'm not racist. The world is racist. And we just haven't seen that yet. I have to assume it comes. And Joey's walking around with this chip on her shoulder as if everybody's constantly being like, you live with a black guy and your sister's dating a black guy. Once you go black, you never. It's like it's none of this is happening. Yeah, it's just they just are saying that it is. So it's so weird. And I don't know, like I was alive in 1998. You know, albeit I was definitely I was definitely in you more of a black. I was I was six. I was in more of a black environment as well. I was not like in an integrated situation, but like they live in coastal Massachusetts. They don't live in Alabama like they treat it like I know it's if this show it, feels like it should it be like, 1976 or something and like in the South. Yeah, like it's yeah. 1970s Jim like post post civil rights era. Alabama right and it just doesn't feel like that so whenever somebody's when when pace when when Joey's like I know what it's like to have rumors spread about you because everybody makes fun of me because my sister's dating a black person so they all treat me terribly and it's like yeah they do right like who yeah it's like it's 1998 other than Grams I other than Grams there's nobody anyone. else that you know I mean granted I, there aren't many black yeah. people in the town it's only Bodie but people come to boat to, to ice house. And now part of my theory was that how could this town be racist if the ice house seems to be doing so well and they own ice house, but now it turns out they don't, they don't. And Bodie might've been fired from ice house for being black. Possibly. I don't know why he is looking for a new job now. Now he's like, I'm going to a French restaurant. Maybe he had some kind of racial incident at work. I don't know. Well, we don't know. Cause they don't show us. They don't show us at all. So I don't I, like her saying that when I'm going through this hellish thing, I just don't want anybody to try to out dramatic me. Yeah. And also it's like your rumors make you sound awesome. Right. While Pacey is being abused and all that is awful. I understand the, the implications of being abused by, you know, a, a much older teacher and all that kind of stuff. He's a boy in 1998 having sex with a very attractive teacher. Yes. None of the, all of the guys would be high-fiving him. Nobody uh, would yeah. be like, oh, look, it's Pacey the loser. He's no. having sex with the hot teacher. No, just and that's the other thing is like, they had everyone when he was walking down the hall pointing at him and laughing at him. It's like, not at all. No. That would not be the case. That would be the best day of his life. They and Pacey would now be like, 
a top five popular kid at school. Oh, he'd be the man. Yeah, that's in in real in, society in real life. Te- for the teenagers. Oh, the teachers. The teacher should be. The teacher would get in trouble very much yeah. and be fired, but nobody would be like, oh man, all that shit happened and that teacher went to jail, so Pacey's a loser now. It would it would just add to his legend, if we're being honest. Like, right. Nobody would be nobody would be making fun of Pacey. No, they'd be like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Man. That's so awesome, bro. She's so hot, bro. Yeah, that's what the react. So him being mortified and embarrassed, I have to only assume it's because he loves Tamara and he's like, I ruined that that's that's what his whole concern should be, but the first things that they're talking about is like, oh yeah, I guess you heard the rumors, and it doesn't come. He should that should not even come out of his mouth, honestly, because he shouldn't be embarrassed at all. No, you know, like, and when I say he shouldn't be embarrassed, I mean that the school would not be treating him in an embarrassing way. Right? No, they they'd be impressed. If, yeah, yeah, exactly. If we're talking seriously, all of this should be treated way more serious, and they shouldn't frame this abuse as like this flirty fun relationship all of this was handled bad so if we're gonna not live in that reality because that's not the reality we live in mm-hmm. pacey would not be getting bullied and made fun of for having sex with the teacher the pretty teacher in school it just no. wouldn't be going that way the guys would be dapping him up he would he would he would be a legend he would, he, would, he would be a legend high five he, 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 he would be a legend as in reverse if you make this a girl situation she would be called every oh. name under this. It would be, oh, yeah. it would be, it would be such a rough go. So yeah, and that's but that's the double standard, mm-hmm. you know. And that it, it it and it is what it is, you know. That's that's fucked up. Uh, but Joey proceeds to really offer him no real help other than like you just gotta wait till somebody else does something stupid. But that was the first time that we get to see them actually have a moment a su- in a sweet one, and not like yeah. a, them shitting, negging each other and being mean. Like it was, yeah, because it always seems like. Pacey is Dawson's friend and, and Joey Jen, and is Joey's, Dawson's friend. They aren't but friends. But they aren't friends. Yes, that is and in that's that the dynamic. Scene, it, it did show that some are, friendship. Yes, I would agree with that. Absolutely. So I liked it. Yeah, sure. Uh from that scene, Dawson and Jen are walking home from school, and Jen is being way too insightful and analytical about her grandmother and her dynamic for her age. Graham's way of dealing with my point of view is to pretend that it doesn't exist, which of course infuriates me and it, it causes me to speak emotionally rather than rationally. And I become rude and defensive and I, I give her even more of a reason to dismiss my viewpoints. It's like we're locked in this awful, vicious cycle. She's basically reading the exposition of the scene as 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 dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. And she and so Dawson walks her home and she's like I got, you know, I'll see you later and whatever and then her and Grant she walks up the steps and Graham says something like fucking puritanical she says, to her. like wash up before dinner. It's dinner's at what 6. I expect mean? you to be well she expects her to be washed and in her in, in a but something what does something that, that mean? covers up her neck. To be wash wash up for wash dinner. under your nails and um comb your hair and put on a new dress for a dinner dress. Why? Because she's from a different era. I've she's, never understood what that a, really she's means. She's a puritanical, old, wash Catholic. Wash dinner. Yeah, uh-huh. Like put wash. On, put on some nice eating at the dinner table clothes like, and wash under your nails. You, but then do you like shower after? I don't know the rules to these puritanical I don't know. people. That's yeah, you wash up again, wonder. you double wash. Have you also noticed how she only calls her Jennifer? Yes. Not you Jen. You seem surprised that like, she's Jen. so formal. That's who she is. It just drives everything me about nuts. her, the hairstyle, the way she says people's names, everything. That's who she is. I had this guy at work once call me. He was like, he was like a client, a repeated client. Uh huh. 
And he called me once yep. after he came in that day mm-hmm. to tell me to tell the whole staff to please not call him Chris anymore. It's Christopher. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can we? And can so we, wait, I had no, to wait, send wait, an wait, wait, email no, wait, out. Uh, can we reenact this, please? Yeah. Um. Yes. Hello. Uh. Nondescript tile company. Hey, Sierra. It was really great seeing you today. Oh wait. Oh my God. Oh, is this Chris? Oh, hey, yeah. Chris. How are you doing? Oh my God. Uh, I was so. I'm so glad we could help you. Thank you so much for coming in, Chris. We loved so much that to have you, and we hope we can't wait to get you back in here soon so we can finish up that project, Chris. Yeah, it's so great collaborating with you. I love coming in there and and like bringing other clients to you. It's, yes, it's, absolutely. It's really We love great. any referrals that you can give, Chris. That's so great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and you know, you all are just so nice there, but um Oh my god. Guys, guys, it's Chris. It's Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris from yeah. earlier. Oh but, my god, he's he's talking about how he's going to give us some referrals. So, see Yeah, Chris is the best, right? Sierra, that's Everybody the thing. loves you here, Chris. Oh my god, it's so great. Sierra, the the reason I'm calling is that that's the thing though. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I feel crazy saying this, but Chris, uh, what's going on? Let's just get it out. It's Christopher. And I know I know that seems crazy or like weird or like that's just a small thing or whatever, but I really would prefer if you call me Christopher. Yeah, um yeah, uh totally understand, Chris uh Chris Christopher. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. We'll make sure we um we'll we'll we'll, we'll send out a memo. To everyone with your, I'll tell you what, how about we, uh, we will, you come in, we'll get a nice picture of you and we'll write on a, not, we'll almost like a wanted poster, but instead it'll be like, this person's name is Christopher. And then we'll post that on the fucking window outside. Is that okay? How's that sound? We'll never call you Chris again. Make nope. sure when you come in, nope. we're going to get that picture of you. you. We're going to, nope. we're going to just call put, me we're going to put, we're going to put Christopher up on the, on the window. So nobody that ever comes into this business again, calls you Chris ever again because i know how much of a, an inconvenience that was to you and it'll never happen again i know there's people dying and starving in countries chris christopher sorry christopher mm-hmm. still new still making an adjustment to it christopher but it will never happen again at this company again so you make sure yep. you get in here at asap as soon as possible and we'll get a nice big photo of you and we'll laminate it and we'll put it on the window make sure it doesn't get rained out that's why i'm going to laminate it and it says hey everybody coming in here if you see this guy his name is christopher Sound good? Sounds great. See you tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. But honestly, he is really nice. <laughs> so I was really <laughs> I was really taken taken back by it also because my coworkers can hear me while being on the phone. Uh-huh. And so they they could tell just by my energy and by like my responses that like I was in this weird conversation and yeah. then I get off and they're like what was that? I was like um Chris said he wants to be called Christopher and I'm supposed to let everyone here know, but like he doesn't want people to think it's weird. Yeah. Um, not weird at all. Super cool. Any, so I think know. of it anytime she goes, Jennifer. Yes. Jennifer. Maybe Christopher was raised by a Grams, you know, a Grams type of woman. Maybe he was. I don't know. Back to this whole small town thing about Cape Side, right? Joey has now, she's walking home from school. She's run into... Uh, Pacey, they had a conversation. She's now walking. She walks home. No bus picks her up or anything. She has this long walk. You see the the beautiful, this massive 
body of water, this harbor that they live on for this to be this small town. It's this picturesque town with boats constantly coming in and out of the marina. And uh, Joey uh, is walking home deep into the woods, I guess, so far away from everything in the sticks out in the yeah. bo- out in the boonies somewhere yep. where she runs across her sister Bessie stuck her truck is stuck in the mud what happened are, are you okay oh it's nothing really I was on the way to the clinic I guess I had a little mishap the clinic I didn't know you had an appointment today oh I don't in fact my next appointment isn't until my due date on the 22nd but my hunch is I'll probably have to reschedule why because I'm fairly certain I'm in labor <laughs> why didn't she just say I'm in labor. We gotta go. Yeah, it's like she had to play you this. Know what she, I mean? she had to play this cat and mouse game. Oh, like, and here we are. Oh, and I'm hey. stuck in the mud. Oh, and hey, blah, blah, blah. yeah. Oh, hey, oh, hey, Joey. Yeah, I'm stuck in the mud, and uh, you know my appointment's next week, but I'm not gonna make it. Why is that? Because it's I'm in labor now. It's this whole everything has to be like let's take the scenic Just route for this conversation. The whole show is fucking scenic route. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it just. It it just drives me nuts, man. It's insane. So since their truck is stuck in the mud and their phone is turned off because poor or whatever their, their I situation guess. is, the next logical step is they have to row a whole ass boat to Dawson Leary's house. That's the next step. I that's also, the next that's the next step like do they live so deep in the woods that the nearest neighbor is a boat right away? I don't know. Or are they such social pariahs because they're poor and interracially like integrating that nobody would answer the door if they knocked? Not even for a pregnant woman. I'm thinking they just live like way. They in live the, like way uh, like the, the witch part. from Hansel and Gretel. Like nobody else lives in these woods that they live in. Yeah, it's like some old shack that they inherited from a great great grandparent that was free. That's what I think. So they just live in some old decrepit house by themselves in the woods because yeah. everybody's moved to the. To and the I more feel, the more developed part of town. I feel like it's like all far away, like like around. You have to go like all around the water to get there, to mm. walk there, and so that's why she's like, "Oh, Dawson's nearby." But I just cut across I, the creek. Got, if I cut across, so then she takes her little rowboat, starts rowing, and they row from one end of the frame to the other. The they frame. really do. It was a very long winded. It added five minutes to the movie. More the, of the long winded. It added five minutes to the episode. They had to go from frame, like one end of the frame to the other end of the frame. And then she throw in some jokes. Water, yeah, wa- she, oh, broken water jokes. Breaks her, her water <sighs> breaks. It's just on the boat. Yeah. So they get to the Leary house where she informs Dawson that Bessie is turtle heading. And Dawson, is that the, I'm sorry. Please, no. Is that not? No, that's not what that means. Um, Well, I know it's not what it means, but it's similar. Is no, uh, no, she's not crowning, no, and that, but, is, but I, guess I feel what like you, no, mean? no, no, I feel like turtle heading in the terms of baby is like it's crowning. it's it's in the tube, no, it's in the tube, but it's not, the whole it's point not peeking of a turtle yet. head, is it's peeking out of its shell, okay, sorry, so crowning, so crowning is crowning. crowning is would be the equivalent to turtle heading, uh, yeah, I guess if it's ever been used that way. Well, it has now. If it hasn't, I guess so. Well, oh, she's in. She's contract. She's having contractions. She's she's in labor. She yeah. She's in labor. She's in labor. She's in labor. Okay, so she informed uh, Joey informs Dawson that Bessie is in labor, and uh, Dawson calls an ambulance to find out that the that the ambulance will take over an hour to arrive due to a traffic accident, 
one town over. Where so this is where do we find out. Live? This is where we find out that they live in one. T- all the resources of Capeside are being diverted to Capeside High School. Yeah. Everything else is the small town. There's there's only one ambulance. The entire infrastructure of this town is to shit. But the the high school has enough money. Like, is there only one high school? And who do they play? Who do their football teams play? They have a film class. Oh, man. And just spare, empty classrooms for if they ever come up with new ideas for the curriculum. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, the, the possibilities like they're are doing endless. fine. The possibilities are endless at Cape South High School, but they only have one ambulance in the town. Yeah. And it's a town over. So, preg- so pregnancies aren't a priority right now, is what mm-hmm. Dawson says. Dawson says that's what the, that's what the dispatcher says. Prior, uh, pregnancies aren't really a priority right now. Then what is? Uh, what uh, is? That, that car accident must have been pretty intense. Anyway, Bessie takes the phone and gives uh, the, uh, the dispatcher uh, a new asshole. Listen, you sorry-ass civil servant. This is the mother-to-be talking. Maybe I'm not in the tax bracket that guarantees a prompt response to medical distress, but I have a shoe full of amniotic fluid. My pelvis is beating like a rumba band, and I'm in real danger of having my first child delivered by two high school students. So why don't you stop making excuses? Get off your oversized backside and get us an ambulance before my fetus enters college. So in this scene, it's reiterated again because Joey says, hey, did you get in contact with Bodie? She right. says, I called the ice house yep. and, they, and they said Bodie already got on the bus to go whatever to whatever bumfuck town this French restaurant is in. So we know there's a bus. So we know there's a bus. We know there's a they. A we know they. that we know that ice they house is, is being able to be ran without either of them there. So they definitely don't own it. So that is really that really rocked me this episode. That was a major revelation for me because they I was never under, show any other staff. Never. I've been under in one of the episodes. Joey's the only person left at the rest. She's closing the restaurant at 15. That's against all the, the laws of standards and practices. Yeah. That, that's all. You can only get away with that if you own the restaurant. And I know. And your kid is doing it. That's why I think Bessie's at least a manager. Because what yeah. it could be is like they run this place, but like some rich people own it and they're like not involved. Sure. That's what I would guess. Well, we I would love to. May, maybe it's Nelly's dad, Nelly, who's who who uh, whose that, dad owns the video store. Maybe he also owns Ice House. I don't know who this phantom investor is. Yeah, it really. I just there's so much left out, but I know there's a lot happening in this season. So I understand I'm not having time to touch on little details that bother me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying they are little details that bother me. At the end of the day, they are they are they do bother me that they yeah. don't own the Ice House, and I've been under the impression that they own the Ice House for this entire show so far. Pacey finds himself outside of Tamara's house like a sad puppy. She proceeds to mentally abuse him in the worst way I've seen her do so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's already like she's 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 molesting him. She's statutory raping him, whatever you want to call it. But in this scene, she's blaming him for getting her caught. There was one boundary placed on this relationship, Pacey. Not sex, not true intimacy. Only one. You don't talk about it. You don't tell your friends and you don't brag to your classmates. Although now I wonder if discretion is just too adult a concept for a boy to grasp. Wait, listen. I just, I, I want you to hear my side of the story, okay? It's not what you think. Well, you can't tell me anything I haven't already overheard in the teacher's lounge. Oh, yes, that's right. You see, we're already the talk of the faculty. Which means it's only a matter of time before the administration gets wind of it, and and then the school board, and maybe, if we're really lucky, the district attorney. 
I'm sorry, I... You know, this morning, I think it was, you suggested that we should do more of the things that couples do. Well, I've got one idea that fits the bill. Let's break up. Like, it was all very, like... Let's break it up. It was so vitriolic and, and oh, like... like word. Yeah, well, I watch a lot of Dawson's Creek. Oh. Uh, it was just so... It was so venomous, you know? Like, it was mm. very... It was the side of her that... I haven't seen yet, and I think we should have because then we wouldn't be so confused about the tone of this relationship. Yeah. Well, there's no confusion. The tone of this relationship is they are dating, mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be, mm -hmm. but it is. But in this moment, you go, oh my God, wow, look how selfish she is. She looks, this makes her look, oh, at least I did. I don't, the show makes it like, Pacey, you really fucked up, man, and you betrayed her trust, and now you're going to get her fired. Look at what you did. Yeah. That's the tone of the episode. Right. Look at what you did, Pacey. You're going to get her fired. Fuck up. Way to mess up. Way to fuck up again, Pacey, you fuck up. I like him. I like Pacey too, but the show really shits on him. And in this scene, it's like, hey, Pacey, way to fuck up again. You're going to get the adult that's raping you fired. What, good going. <laughs> fuck up. Oh. You know, Pacey. it's insane. I just want to know more about Pacey. I think, I think, I mean, I have to assume we'll get there at some point. Don't you want to know about his home life? Well, I've already gotten a good insight in from brief of meeting Dougie, and I don't think it's super great. I know, but do you think they're going to go into that? Like, I don't I know. Really, I have to assume you. I mean, I, I if we're talking about a show that's been on for six seasons, I have to assume you meet his dad, who's like the police chief. And I want to meet his both mom of his and, parents. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm, I want to sure see his do. house. I have to assume you do. I just want to know all of it. I have to assume you do, but I don't know. It is Dawson's Creek, so everything is kind of has to be centered around him in some way. So it might not branch out that far, but I don't know hmm. anyway. Uh, so they have that kind of really the pa the tone of that scene was really terrible. It was really awful. It was so it was blaming the victim in this really dark way. And I know that's hindsight. It's 2021. I'm looking at it through, you know, as, Oh, this isn't just some taboo relationship. Oh, older woman, young boy, uh, the graduate. Oh my God, it's salacious. I'm looking at it like abuse. Yeah. But, we, we've come so far down the road that at some point this should be framed as abuse and, mm -hmm. it, and it just never is. Mm -hmm. It never is framed as abuse. I understand if you go like, oh, in the beginning, it's like I'm willing, I'm a willing participant even though I can't say that because I'm underage and you're a willing participant. It's just this flirty, fun kind of sexual relationship. But eventually the tone should get to when they start hitting the hurdles. Oh, my God, we almost got caught. Oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, that. Then you should start to understand that the tone is abuse and it's wrong and things like that and that just never comes mm -hmm. and in the one moment which i think is the scene that we just talked about of pacey trying to apologize to tamara she frames it like don't talk to me you, yeah. you fucked this up and you got me in trouble mm -hmm. it's your fault mm -hmm. you know so everything about this storyline was handled really terribly yeah but anyway back to leary's house bessie's in labor and with all the chaos at hand there's only one person who can rescue them the racist who thinks that Bessie is giving birth to an abomination. Yeah. Look, I know you don't like me or approve of my family, and I know that you can think of at least 80 reasons why Bessie and Bodie are the worst kinds of sinners, but right now, as we speak, my sister's sitting next door in Dawson's house, inches away from giving birth, and of those 80 reasons, I can't think of any that the baby's actually responsible for. So if you could remember that as a nurse, you took an oath to help others in need, and well, that'd be really nice. I do think that long-winded monologue was pretty funny it was funny she looked she used every ounce of breath in her lungs i know that was a very katie holmes did a great job in that scene she's i'm gonna get all this out in one go i i think she's adorable katie holmes like i guess i didn't realize that she was so adorable she's the prettiest average looking girl in 
right. in, in movie history. She's but but I mean she's there's like something the, she's really the, she's cute the definition of girl next door. There's something really cute about how she has like 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 her like big cheeks and she mm-hmm. talks out of the side of her mouth yeah. and like she she just like always moves her eyes around. Like yeah. there's something really cute about her mannerisms. Yes. They tried to make Mandy more her, Mm-mm. but Mandy Moore just wasn't her. She was great in the walk to remember though. What a fucking sad movie that was. Oh. Uh but yeah, but, but just, yeah. The, the, Katie Holmes is a very specific era of leading lady. Well, she's very she's like very 97, um, 90, I mean, and, and you're talking about a time where she's not going up against, but like her her in her like tier of Hollywood notoriety is like Sarah Michelle Geller, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Melissa Joan Hart. I guess Melissa Joan Hart would be the closest thing to like a you just kind of look like a girl from my town, but you're on TV. Yeah. But like Jennifer Love Hewitt was ridiculous looking in 1998. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar was a action hero, blonde, petite, yeah. whatever. And here's Katie Holmes, this like relatable girl. So, so cute. Yes. So adorable. Cute. Adorable. But, but yeah. But not like she, this busty, no. you know, whatever, va, 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 boom. But that's what I like. And I think, I just think there's something really endearing about how she acts. She's very talented facially. It's like a God given. It's like a God. It's like a God given ability. It's a God given ability. She's cute. She is cute. Yes. Before we cut back to Graham's now going over to the lady's house, we jump over to Pacey who's walking down the street licking his wounds oh. after uh, Tamara just told him off essentially and called him a fuck up and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Dougie pulls up on him, his American psycho brother. Yes. And like full on kicks him while he's down. He's like, you know what? You're a fucking loser. And you're a liar, and you're just kind of ugly too. Like he just like just why the last it, things you want to hear. It's also like, why are you treating your little little sibling like that? Well, you say you want to see what a, a glimpse into his. This is what his house. This is his life. But why? I'm why just, would you ever talk to your younger? Sibling? You'd have to meet his parents and his dad. And I think it all. I think all will be revealed as to why Dougie is the way he is. I do think that you know they keep making these in the closet jokes. I think his character comes out as gay as gay at some point in the show. You just have to fire that gun. That was something me and Steven discussed last week. It's like you have to you can't keep bringing up this plot or this like this little exposition. Yeah. And never it never come to fruition. Right. It has to come to fruition. I need I need when when they go off to college, Pacey finds Dougie and coming out of a gay club or something needs to happen. I need this to I need this to have this to come true. Yeah. I need it to be that Dougie's just angry because he can't live his best life. And at some point in this show, he gets to live his truth, and and everything and, and 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 everything's made right. Him and him and Pacey can bond and apologize to each other. And I was angry at you because you were right, man. I was gay that whole time. So after uh, in that discussion, though, Dougie reveals to Pacey, uh, there's a board meeting. They have a whole like court session happen yeah, yeah. in like an hour after. Yeah, exactly, this all it's happened. an emergency board meeting. He reveals to Pacey. So Pacey's like, oh shit, oh fuck, I got to get to that. Uh, meanwhile, back at the Leary residence, uh, Dawson is rock hard at the prospect of filming his newest project, <laughs> A Live Birth. I mean, he is like, Ew, I mean, he, there's a level of glee and a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, but. That is sadistic. But what, yeah, and what's even weirder is he like convinces Bessie by. For, for Bodie. Yeah. He's like, he's for like, Bodie, Bodie needs to Bodie. see this. He's not here and he needs he's to so see. He's so manipulative. So uh, he Dawson, absolutely good point. He manipulates uh, Bessie by being like, "I need to get this." So so Bodie's gonna want to see this someday. So I have to film it for Bodie. Bodie, 
And he can barely stay. He can barely keep the smile off his face to show that he's lying to her I face. No. But he, she's like, okay, I agree, but I get final cuts. You aren't, Bessie, you aren't going to have any input. No. In Daw- not in Dawson's Bessie, film. Bessie, you will not. He will not even be letting you into his edit he's bay. He's going to tell you that you You think you're getting into Dawson Leary's edit bay to mm. give him notes on how to edit his film? He's going to be you're like, well, mind. actually, you didn't sign. Yeah, uh, you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't. I didn't sign anything saying that you could. Yeah. So it's I have the rights. <laughs> I actually took your hand that was covered in your blood and placenta while you and I put your hand on this uh this release form giving me the rights to all of the footage of your of your birth. So I now own the rights to your delivery. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that's the kind of person Dawson Leary is. Yeah. A manipulative, dark weirdo. Grams comes in and fucking takes charge of this whole situation. I'm against this, you know. Okay, Mr. DeMille, you can do something useful and get us some large towels and washcloths, please. Okay. That's it. That's it. Easy, easy, easy. That's. Calm down. Keep breathing slowly. Breathing easy. That's it. Cushions. It's like what's Demel? Me and Sierra and I had to pause the show and Google what they meant because I'm not. I'm not a fucking. I'm not a fucking film student. I, I didn't go to NYU to learn how to be a director. Would a kid? I guess you'd have to be a film buff in 1998. My question is. Would a 15-year-old know who Cecil B. DeMille is? That's who she's referring to. Cecil B. DeMille is this reference to this old Hollywood producer and director from a time where, you know, films were in black and white and they talked like, listen here, girly, there's only one way up or down and you tell me which way you're going, baby, forever. You had me, baby, but now you never have me again. Listen to, listen to me, tuts. Yeah, that kind of shit, right? So I just don't, like, everything about this show is so pretentious. Yeah. Like, just say, just say Spielberg. Just say, just call it. You know or how honored nothing. he'd be? Hey, boy, turn the camera off and go get the cut towels. The, cut the goddamn camera off. She's bleeding. Like, that's the, <laughs> say, like, like, why is that? Excuse me, Mr. DeMille. And it's like, who the fuck is that? So now you're, now you're distracted because you're like, who? Who? Mr. DeMille. DeMille. Can you go get us some towels? Large towels. It just was, everything has to be so pretentious in this show. I know. So anyway, but like I said, I do, I will admit, for her, even though Grams is, for her to be a racist, she's a great nurse. She might think I'm an abomination, but she follows her moral compass and she follows the oath that she took. Yeah, because you're her patient at that point. Exactly. Like, I don't like you. I also don't think you should exist, but I'm going to give you proper health care because I swore by it. Right. So I I'm have, a nurse. So I'm a nurse. So that's one thing about Grams is she sticks. She sticks to the uh, uh, the the um the words that she said that day. She swore in or whatever they do when you become a nurse. Anyway, from do that, they do that. Oh, I have no idea. Well, I know you have to take some kind of Hippocratic oath or something when you become a doctor and work in the medical field to swear that you're gonna you know take care of your patients and not reveal their information to people and yeah all that kind of stuff. You t- you do something like that, I think. Right. I don't know if it's like a hand on the Bible type of thing like that. I don't know. Is maybe there's doctors listening to this? Let mm-hmm. us know. Anyway, Pacey arrives at the hearing from Miss Jacobs where he is where she is um, facing accountability for the horrible abuse of power and crime she committed. Listen, I'm so Mr. Witter, we haven't met. I'm Caroline Fields, Miss Jacobs' attorney. Attorney. Under advice from counsel, she's chosen not to discuss this case with you at the current time. Okay, wait, this isn't about Tammy. If Mr. Witter, I must again ask you to please refrain from communicating directly with my client. In addition, should you feel the need to speak with her at any future date, you're instructed to contact me, and I'll pass along any pertinent information. Is that clear? Yeah. Caroline? Yes, Mr. Witter. Did you tell your client I'm sorry? He re- it really this is the first episode where you really see like 
the damage that yeah. she's done to him psychologically. But I don't think it's on per I don't think they I don't think that was the intention of the episode. I think it was just like your girlfriend's mad at you. Yes. That's, that's what the what tone was. Like. That's what the tone that's what they meant for it to be. But how it looks is Oh, he just doesn't get it, man. Also, right then and there, the lawyer knew she was guilty because yeah. he's calling her Tammy and touching her leg. Well, I'm, I I have my own opinions about lawyers and everything. You know, some you know lawyers. Lo, lo, a lawyer's job is to point. win. A lawyer's job is to win the case. And yes, the but but like, but yeah, that made it obviously the most obvious. Like, oh, you're clearly molesting this boy. Oh, he's calling you Tammy, trying to touch your knee and touching your knee, and you're not you're not being like don't you're not making a scene. <laughs> you're like like yeah, no, you're guilty like, as. Why is he calling you Tammy, yeah, not Miss Jacobs? Yeah, you're, you're guilty as fuck. So anyway, uh, Pacey proceeds to, he intervenes in the board meeting to reveal that he's a big old liar and a pervert, honestly. I mean, that's what he- Yeah, he's he, like, he, oh, he, I think about her when I'm in class. He sacrificed himself. I know. And he made, and he said that I made the whole thing up. Thus, saving Miss Jacobs and taking away any chance of this storyline redeeming itself with even a shred of ethical responsibility. The last chance was that Tamara Jacobs is fired and prosecuted or something. And instead, Pacey goes, no, 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 I'm a big old liar and um, a pervert and I made the whole thing up. I lie about having sex with women. Yep. He, he's now wearing that. In sacrifice, he sacrificed, and so and now he did it in he did it in such a charming way. And she looked at him, she looked she. I feel like all of the the board members should have been like because they only see the back of her head because she's staring at him longingly as he's being so noble and chivalrous. Right. Which this should the tone of this shouldn't be noble and chivalrous. He shouldn't be sacrificing himself for his for his for his for his abuser. No, but that's what's happening, and it's playing like oh my god, he loves her. Right, he's saving her career. Aww. Love. It's beautiful. Oh my God. So they accept that as truth. And, you know, now Pacey's just some dude who fucking lies on his dick. That's what he does for a living, you know? Before we jump out of the hearing, uh, I actually did want to. You have some experience on guys lying on you and, and, and being disgusting pig liars. And there was that one, there was that incident of that young man who fucking lied about having sex with you. And if I see him ever, if I ever see him, me and him are going to have words. So I would love for you to really kind of um, shed some light on that scenario. Oh, yeah. I had a student. I taught Ooh, for. Miss ja Miss Jacobs. I, yeah. I, I was a teacher. I don't know why I said, a, ooh, that's it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah sorry. You're not bad. supposed to. Sorry. No. To continue. I taught for a year. Yes. And within that year, towards <sighs> the end. Some captain of the football team. I don't really know the detail. What was it? Who was this? Animal. It's monster. He was six. Oh, yeah. He was six years old. <laughs> and he started a rumor that he was sleeping with Miss Sierra. Mm, wow. And advanced. It circled. An advanced boy. Oh, yeah. It circled all of kindergarten and got down to pre K because it took one of my pre K students pulling me aside one day to say, Miss Sierra, we need to talk. And I said, <laughs> okay, Keontae, what's up? Yeah. You know, Renard in the kindergarten class? And I said, yeah, I know him. That's that's one of my other students. Uh -huh. He said, well, he's been telling everybody he's been sleeping with you. Is it true? <laughs> and I Keontae. laughed. Yeah. And I, right in his face. I couldn't help it because it was so, it caught me so off guard. Yeah. And Keontae was so serious. I'm 21. 
<laughs> and Keontae is six. So no, Keontae is five. Oh, because sorry. he's Younger. he's in pre-K. Got it. Okay. And he was furious. He was one wow. very jealous and very territorial of Miss Sierra. <laughs> but in when he found out that it wasn't true, because I had to clear that up, you know, he he, was, he I had to tell him, Renard, yeah. no, that's not true about Renard. He's he started punching his fist, being like, "Oh, I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna show him." He was gonna go defend my honor. Wow. Go beat up Renard for making up the rumor of sleeping with Miss Sierra, a six year old. That's that's amazing. <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I can yeah. just totally relate. Yeah, absolutely. So after 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 that after that uh, noble chivalrous thing that Pacey did, Dougie tries to be Tamara's Keontae and stands up <laughs> and, and says to her, "My brother's a loser, right. and I apologize. And please don't um, take this to mean that our whole family's like this." Yeah. And she defends him in a really sweet way. Yeah. Which oh, is, then you should be proud of him. None of this should be happening, though. It just ruined the no. whole tone of this relationship. Is so you should. I shouldn't even be calling it a, a relationship. Everything about it is just. It's just all wrong. But it does play in this very sweet. I have to admit, like it. It all. It all the tones and the emotional strings are there. Yeah. So you but feel then, like, oh, she did. He he sacrificed himself. Oh, yeah. He, re, he redeemed himself for for fucking up and it's like you shouldn't feel that way but that's the way it's played and so you do feel the the triggers are pulled and you do feel them right but it is also like oh that's great this is all growth all of this is gross yeah but you're right because i i kept catching myself being like oh yes. and then i was like no yeah. no awe. no awe. no it shouldn't be any awes at all no Okay, so before Dougie has his uh, Keontae moment, they do cut back to Bessie's intense labor, and Joey is losing her shit. Oh, yeah. She's all scatterbrained, and scat she's like catatonic in the chair. She's jumping up. She's all jittery. She's. I feel like she's pacing. Yeah, she's not doing very well at all. Meanwhile, Dawson's doing great. As a matter of fact, he's borderline having an orgasm. This is this is the most psychotic. This is This is like... Top five so far, as you as everybody knows, I am keeping tab of Capeside Slasher moments of this up of this show and when Dawson Leary's an absolute lunatic. This one's up there for me because in all the other scenarios, there's nothing real happening. He's talking about movies, he's talking about relationships, whatever. In this scene, there is concern Jen has because Bessie's covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And Dawson is like Oh my God, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. The look on his face is so happy at carnage and and terror and pain. To be in a room where he can soak up fear and pain and 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 blood and gore. And get to film it. And get to film it. I mean, he it's orgasmic to him. He loves it. He loves every minute of this. And uh uh and Grams looks over at him and she's like, Oh, you're a lunatic. Get out. I'm doing okay, right? You're doing great, Bessie. Everything's great. I wouldn't be filming if everything wasn't fine, right? We're making a movie here. All right, Mrs. Ryan, smile for the camera. Out! You are distracting my patient, and I won't have that. Grams. Grams, there is a problem, isn't there? Something's wrong with her. Nothing is at all wrong. And how dare you alarm my patient by expressing a contrary opinion in her presence? Grams, she is losing a lot of blood. I don't know much about this, but I know what a lot of blood looks like. Gramps. Oh, yes, all right. 
There's more blood than I'd like, but I see no evidence of cervical laceration or detached placenta or... Uh, in, in English, Grams. Okay, in English, I need your help, Jennifer. I need you to set aside your attitude and second-guessing and help me get this baby out of her before, God forbid, she loses any more blood and complications worsen. Do you think you can do that, Jennifer? Do you think you can summon up even the smallest amount of faith in me? Because if you can, I guarantee you there'd be no better time for it than right now. She, You know what? She lost, like, like if this was The Sims. Yeah. A hundred, as far as a relationship, is as high as you can go. Yeah. But if, like, one of her categories was racism. Yeah. She lost, like, 30 racism points. Yeah. And then those 30 points, like, went to, I I, I like you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I thought she was, Graham, I thought she was great in her that Her character scene. arc. I'm really interested to see where Grams goes from here. Yeah. Because she slowly but surely, they are excusing her racism by making her not only a useful character, but like a a, a misunderstood character. Yeah. And a an insightful character. Yeah. Like so it's like, well, she her racism is it's more out of concern. Mm-hmm. And she might be racist, but she also loves films. <laughs> and she is she a little bit racist? Yes, but she's a fantastic nurse and she puts that racism aside and will help anybody. And that's really what you should be, right? Even if you are disgusted by somebody, you should always lend a hand. And you go, I mean, that worked on me this episode. You're like, I mean, she did help them. Yeah. So uh I bet we'll see some scene where she holds that baby. Maybe, maybe. I don't I don't know, maybe. Uh but anyway, during her chaotic pregnancy, Bessie asks Grams to pull out the good stuff for her pain. And Grams is all like, hold on, fam. I got you. Praise him. Meanwhile, Joey is outside, totally abandoning her, abandoning her sister in like yeah. the most significant moment of her I life. Know. Could you imagine no. like not being in the room when no. your sister's going through I, a tumultuous labor? I was like, and even when she started explaining why she was sad, I was like, Joey... There's something really, yeah. Something real. I, I was happening. like Joey. That's unacceptable. Absolutely. Like my get favorite, the fuck in there. My favorite part of that scene. My sister. favorite part of that scene is that Dawson comes up to her and he's like, "It's okay. Like she's gonna be fine." She's like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm, my sister. I'm like concerned. Yeah, she's like, I I'm guess, not that but like, worried. But like my mom died. I know. And it's like your sister might die. Like you. Do you really want to not be in the room when your sister needs you the most and she you could be you could never see her again? I know. I, I was like that. That showed you know selfishness and immaturity well no i i feel like it shows that she went through a lot she yeah. basically witnessed her mom die but i have to assume bessie also witnessed her mom die like i think like, so too but i'm like you know like, wouldn't you want to hold on to the family you have absolutely but you i know, don't know but you know something i will give credit where credit is due dawson does a great job in this scene okay dawson, dawson does a great job in this scene he gives good advice he's like you know um do you think your mom was happy that you were there when she was he going through that? He just wants you know? to be allowed back in with his yeah, fucking he's like, camera. I, he's like, that's the I, only reason he's given her advice oh, to get back just, in. Oh, you just ruined it so bad. Because that's what he oh, wants. that is what he wants. He's like, if I show back up with Joey in hand, Grams has to let me back in. Yes. She's my ticket back into the room. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is why he's doing it. He's like, he's yeah, yeah. So you know what? Put some pep in your step. Turn that frown upside down and let's go back in that we room. We have to go back in there. Yeah, let's go back you in that have room. To. But let me go get a fresh. Ta- I have uh, let me to go get make a fresh, my movie. Let me go get a fresh tape first. The camera. This is only footage. This bo- footage is for Bodie. Right. I won't be using this for my remake of Rosemary's he Baby. Like, he like doesn't say his name right. Yeah, it's for I, I, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> it's for Brady. This is for Bony. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
so like I said before you ruined it in my notes I said Dawson is actually very wise in this scene and he helps Joey realize that she needs to be with her sister but I think that you're right yeah he just wants he's, to fucking wants to, keep doing this movie. He wants to bring, he wants to be like, oh, hey guys, look who I found. We're back. We're back. Yeah, like has his camera like in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, back to, we already, we already, um, we already uh, went through this, but just to get it chronologically and get back on track. So after, the, now we cut back to after the board meeting, they're walking out and Dougie, AKA uh, White Keontae, uh, tries to mm. shit on Pacey to tomorrow and then she defends him and it's, you know, Played in this very sweet way. Mm-hmm. And she hops into her Mustang 5.0 and drives off to Susan Hoff's All I Want. Now, this is my song of the creek mm. because I just love raspy voices. Oh. You know, I have a soft spot in my heart for raspy voices. You know, Janis Joplin, uh, you know, uh, Joan Jett. I know you hate her, but um, Stevie Nicks. Um, I, I don't lo- hate her. I just really don't like her voice. Well, you, you told me that you would rather uh, drown in a sea of fire than listen to Stevie Nicks music. So I, I mean, if, <laughs> that, if, that's not, that? if that's not that dramatic, my bad. If that feels a little, dr- that never feels, said that, that feels a little dramatic to me, but okay. Never. Also said that. not to compare her to legends like that, but also like that little girl, Grace Vanderwall. She's great too. She's got, she's got a little, la- a little raspy voice she's too. You know, I love, you know, I love her. She's got her and her little she's ukulele. Cute. Yeah. She's great as well. So I love a nice raspy but voice. But she's not like 10 anymore. Yeah. No, it's weird, huh? I know. Yeah. Anyway, so Susan Hoff's All I Want is my song of the creek. Uh, uh, um, Tamara drives off after telling Dougie about how great Pacey is. She drives off to that song. And it is like that's all she wants. But that's not why I picked it. I didn't pick it for any kind of like it fit the scene or anything. I just liked her voice and I liked the song. So that's why I picked it as my song of the creek. Okay. Anyway, we find ourselves at the crowning moment. Literally. Literally, oh, this is the crowning moment of the God. episode. Yeah, the but turtle um, heading but moment. Um, the tur- we're at the we are at the turtle heading moment where Joey, now with Dawson, comes back into the room, taking her place by Betsy's side, and with peace restored, the baby pops out healthy, beautiful, according to Grams, and you know you believe that that was a genuine compliment. I think it was. I mean, I think the baby was beautiful. I'm not saying a baby wasn't beautiful. No, no, I'm no. Just I saying. think I think Graham I think Grams was was genuine in that moment. Okay. Well, I'm sure. I'm. You know what? Hey, you got it. I'm sure she was. If she holds him in an episode, you owe me ten dollars. Why? I don't agree to that. I, you just do. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. You'll you'll be the first person ever paid for being on this podcast if that happens. Nice. So, yeah. So that'd be a great record for you to build. Great. Yeah. So after that beautiful scene, we cut back to Tamara's house where where she reveals. Hey, man, shit got two nuts around here, and I am fucking out of here. I am going to my am, sister's am, in, in, Ro- in In Rochester. In but Rochester. Do you know something? Like, this scene, here. this this is like, what if this is, you know what would be a great reveal? Is if, like, this is what Tom, Tamara does. Yeah, like, She, like, goes town. across the country stealing boys' virginity, and when shit gets too intense, she leaves, and she takes up a new identity. I just needed something dark to be about her and it just never happened like that's what i want i wanted something dark let pacey go oh uh let me go get a condom out of your closet or like oh uh you know i i'm gonna go get a uh you left uh your your ex-husband has some clothes here and then he he finds a shoebox and there's like pokemon cards and pictures of old uh of other young boys and like newspaper clippings and like a bunch of trinkets from her other victims i just needed something dark let an episode happen where her ex-husband comes into town and you're like, oh, Tamara's the crazy one. Her right. ex-husband 
her ex-husband left her because of something. He found out that she she's a molester, a pedophile. Yes, yeah, some it just was never anything. That nothing ever happened where you go, oh, she's a vile person. Mm-hmm. It just never happened. Mm-hmm. Instead, what happens is they have this bittersweet goodbye to the sad music, and she hugs him, and she's like, "I can't kiss you because if I kiss you, I'll be really sad, and maybe I'll never, I won't leave if I kiss you." Mm. And again, you're like, "This is wrong," but. The way that it, the tone of it you makes like you go. You like feel bad for Pacey. Yeah, you're and like his her. first love's leaving. She I loves. Know. She loves him. She's not just molesting him. You're like, it's oh, a, they, they're she, breaking up. Well, she is just molesting him, but like she loves him and molests him. That's the tone of it. So you're like, oh my god, they're breaking up. That's so sad. Right, and then you're like, whoa. And you're like, wait, they, no, they, that's wrong. Yeah. This is terrible. And also, you're like, wait, she's just she is leaving town with no consequences. Right. She just is moving to Rochester, New York. Right. That's and that's crazy. That's crazy that that's how this storyline ends. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to head to a different town. Yeah. Within this scene, actually, is my line of the creek. Well, I hope you enjoy Rochester. Hope you enjoy high school. Yeah. That is. You literally said yuck out loud. That is the most disgusting line I've ever. Like, it's it's super gross. I hope you enjoy. But it's so, it gen- it's so genuine. I hope you enjoy high school. Not only longingly, but serious. That's the part. Sincere. No irony. She's not being like, this is whole. This is wacky what, we, what we've we been through, huh? With, what am I doing with my life? She's like, no, hey, enjoy the rest of high school. Have a great time. Have a great time and really have fun. Enjoy the rest of your youth. She's not like. Enjoy high school. Can't believe we did this, right? She's like, enjoy the rest of your youth. Go ahead and enjoy it. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So anyway, back at the Potter residence, we see Joey hold her little nephew for the first time to Shades of Blue by Beth Nielsen Chapman. Mm -hmm. And this is a very emotional song. I like it for when she's holding when when she's holding the baby. But then also it has this double tone because it's like sweet. But then it, it we fade into Pacey walking along the beach and showing up to Tamar Jacobs Beach House on a on a teacher salary and uh, he's watching her get ready to go to bed at the end of the night and he says goodbye to her from a distance and then walks down the shoreline or on the, on the what do they call that beach line he's walking down the, the beach. shore he's walking down the shore to this song even even shades of blue by Beth Nielsen sad and you know somber and you know his first love it was over fade to black that was the episode of Dawson's Creek um yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, wow. Yeah. What an episode. Like I said at the top of the show, it was real. It was a real amuse bouge, a real palate cleanser. But like I said, for a palate cleanser for this show, still full of insanity and this uh, molester storyline was at the front. What the as at the was at the forefront of this episode, and so it it made for a lot of drama. But this wasn't as crazy as Hurricane. Which no. I think is a I think was a great idea to kind of let us settle set, let us settle a bit after that insanity after Hurricane yeah. Chris came through. They should have called it Hurricane Christopher. They should have called it her. They should have called it Hurricane Christopher. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure we, we didn't ask Hurricane. We didn't ask Chris's opinion on if he no. wants to be called Hurricane Chris or Hurricane Christopher. No. We really took all the agency yeah. away from him, and that's not right. No. Storms matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that was the episode. What did, what did you think of this episode, Cease? Uh, that it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and 
I can't help but make fun of the show the whole time I'm watching it. Yeah, but it is. But I'm though. still addicted. Oh, I love yeah. It. I no, love I gotta. It so I'm gonna keep watching. Oh my it. god, I love it so much. I mean, I I want to know. So it's, it's so entertaining. It's like I kind of hate watch it. That's exactly what it is. But, but also, then but also, I don't. you get invested. But I am yeah. also I'm invested in the characters. But I'm also I'm making fun of it. I'm invested. And I'm thoroughly entertained. I but think like, that's the I best care. way to describe the show. Like, it's so entertaining. I would not say it's, like, 20 years later, a, a, a good show. No. But it's highly entertaining. But, like, I care, though. I do care. I'm invested in the character development and the relationship development and all that. But it also is just this entertaining from, like, a creative standpoint of the writing, yeah, the storylines, the acting choices. Like I wanted, I'm gonna watch the whole show. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm contractually obligated to. Yes, to, you are to watch the whole show. But like, so. even though it drives me nuts, I just I just have to know. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Well, I have to know. But Sierra, thank you so much for joining me for this. Uh, before I wrap things up, I like to play a game and then uh, mm -hmm. pass things over to my. Uh, guests to break down their lesson that they learned so you know th in this episode and then what I do is I take that lesson I write it down I put that message in a bottle and I throw it into the creek mm -hmm. so you know this is very you know this is very important to you know to really express what you learned from this episode but before we get to that mm -hmm. I like to play a little game called Joey's Choice mm. so uh, you are on a creek you happen upon two men floundering in the water they're struggling for mm -hmm. life you have Pacey and oh. you have Dawson. Yeah. You can only pick the you can only choose them based on the character traits that you saw put on display in this episode alone. So you have to forget you've watched all the episodes with me basically. You have to forget all that. Only from this episode, episode 6, baby, who do you save? Definitely Pacey. Why though? I thought no. Now Pacey's the only reason my, I Pacey's my ride or die. He's gonna lie for me. Wow. Oh, okay. So you're, gonna, you're thinking from oh, the point of view of Miss Jacobs. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna lie for me. He's he's self sacrifice. Self He's a gentleman. Oh yeah. And you know. And I don't, my, my the only point that I gave Dawson this episode, you actually took away from me because I said, "Oh, he he gave her Dawson, uh, Joey great advice," and you're like, "No, he did that for himself." If I saved Dawson out of the creek, he'd push me into the creek. He's a killer. Wow. So, and then he'd take my boat, and then he'd pretend nothing happened. <laughs> and then what he would do is fucking film the town while everyone's wondering where yeah. I am. He'd, he'd, yeah, he'd the, do the a fucking documentary the search, of the search. The search for Sierra. The search for Sierra. I don't know where I don't know where she is. He'd be filming Do you know where she is? He'd be filming everybody wow. doing all the coverage and the whole time he, he knows exactly where killed you are. me. Wow. He killed me. And that Pacey. Is, Pacey's still in there too. That is oh yeah, because Pacey drowned. Yeah. And he doesn't even mention that Pacey no. also Pacey also is dead. He blames Pacey. He's like, do you think Pacey murder suicided Sierra? Yeah. He's like, wow, the that's last the narrative. person I saw her with was oh, Pacey, wow. and now he's gone. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, that's, that's dark. That's what he Ooh. would do. Ooh, that's very dark. But that is the Cape Side Slasher. Yeah, and that is Dawson. So I'd have to save Pacey. Wow. I would now. What I like to do here down by the creek is I, if anybody's you know anybody that's listening, if you are bold enough and courageous enough to step up and turn a microphone on and sing a Paula Cole cover with all of your heart and send it to creektalk98 at gmail.com. What I like to do is I like to put one of those covers on 
in the background and then hand things over to my guests to explain to me the lesson, the life lesson that they learned and took away from this episode of, of Dawson's Creek that they watched. Mm-hmm. So what I, would like to, what I would like to ask you is, what, was, what did you learn and take away from this episode? And if you need some time, that's fine. Oh, um, you know. I learned so many things. Oh. But I'd say the number one would be to not live in a town where there's only one ambulance. Mm. You know, to you should, not you look, live look, in a look, town. Look up the infrastructure statistics. You got to find out there. how many ambulance, 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 I, ambulance, I are in the town. How many ambulance? How many ambulance? How many, how many, am, ambul- many ambulance? How many ambulances? How many ambulances are in the town? How many ambulances? How many ambulances are in the town? Yes, that's right. Before I move there. That's very good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just in case I, you know, fall, get attacked by Dawson. Yeah. Or when I, I have mean, a baby. I'm, I mean, there should absolutely be more than one ambulance in a town with an active serial killer. For sure. It's just ter- it's just a, it's just a terrible plan. Yeah. It's not very well thought out. No, it's really There's an not. active serial killer in your town and you only have one ambulance. Right. And then what happens when Dawson takes a victim at the same time that Dougie shoots Pacey? Well, what takes priority then? Yeah. You know, kidnapping or murder. I don't know. The thrills of living in Cape Sod, huh? Well, Sierra, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I would, you know what? You do, you sell art. You're an artist. I'm right? an artist. You, you are an artist and you sell art. Your art is fantastic. So I would like, you, you please plug your uh, social medias, actually, because people can find your social medias. And if they would like to purchase a painting or commission you to do something custom, they can do that. So please, if you would, you know. All right, peeps. Plug, your, plug in- your shit. My business is called Fath Design. It's like faith without the I. It's mm. my last name. So uh, my Instagram for now, uh-huh, am I right, fellas? You know what I'm saying. Put a ring on it. I mean, I'm keeping my last name, but so it's. At- <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's my Instagram is at f a t h underscore design. Uh huh. And you can find me there. Get some art. Get some custom art or art I've already done or whatever. Thanks. No, Sierra. Thank you. And thank you all for joining me for another episode of Down by the Creek. I've been Alvin Williams. And until next time, see you next creek.